Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Terence O'Keefe. He is the editor and content director for Watt Agnet. Terence, always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Joe. Consumers are really, really concerned about the way their poultry is raised. They talk about hormones, even though there are no hormones used in chicken. They talk about antibiotics. Uh, they really led the charge on the cage-free movement. Now we're talking about the speed at which chickens are grown, uh, sl the slow food movement, the slow growth. Uh, and the National Chicken Council came out with a position on that recently, but this is something that I know has interested you. You've had a few blogs on it over the past year. Uh, what are your ideas on the whole slow growth chicken movement? Uh, I guess one of the big things with the so-called slow growing broilers is that it's really, they're asking for a couple things. One is, uh, you know, they're asking for changes in the husbandry practices uh, to, uh, you know, supposedly produce better welfare for the animal. And then also they're talking about the actual genetics that we're using. And there seems to be a supposition that by going backwards historically with the genetic stock, that that by definition will give better welfare for the animal. Another way of saying it is it seems that they make the assumption that you know the current genetics are incapable of producing animals with good welfare. And I guess that's to me that's just an absurd argument because when you look at the the performance that the industry has been experiencing, you know, we've got record low condemnations at the plant, we have record livabilities in the field. Uh, you know, generation after generation of broilers are growing faster, using less feed, and producing more pounds of meat per pound of live weight for the bird. And of course, as you know, the NCC study demonstrates, that has a tremendous impact on the environmental footprint of raising a pound of chicken. And so we're in a better situation than we've ever been in terms of you know, how, much, how many resources it takes to produce a pound of edible chicken. But these people who would like to see us go back to these more standard breeds or alternative production systems, I mean, they pick up the Wall Street Journal, they read articles about Woody Breast, uh, you know, they hear uh, uh, reports about, you know, lameness in chickens and foot pad burns and so forth. I mean, is there some room for improvement in the way we're raising these chickens? Because you could see where they might get the idea that we, we've got these turbocharged birds out there, they're growing too fast, they're getting too big. Do they have a point? I guess the first question you ask is, can we do better? Well, I think you can always do better. I mean, we're always, we're always looking at continuous improvement. So e even though livability uh, rates are as high as they've ever been, even though condemnation is as low as it's ever been, yeah, we can improve that. And certainly, you know, we could improve footpad scores, we could improve uh, gate scores, but if we take that argument, I, my response to them would be, okay, fine, let's set objective measurements of what we're looking for in terms of welfare, and then, you know, let's compare head to head, you know, what the modern genetics versus, you know, some alternative genetics do. And, you know, 
to my mind, if you can then with the modern genetics beat or exceed what the older, you know, the older genetics, for lack of a better term, you know, do, then why do we need to take that huge step backwards from an environmental impact standpoint and a cost standpoint by switching to the, you know, the alternative genetics. And do you have a sense for what the demand is for this so-called slow growth chicken? I don't because I haven't seen any surveys that really ask consumers. You know, we know that some some activist groups have been able to get some food service outlets to pledge to switch and I guess it was Whole Foods, I think, pledged on the retail side. But that, you know, someone like Whole Foods, they're always looking for something to differentiate themselves from the other retailers. You know, they always want to have something a little different. And, you know, that's no different than, you know, we all aren't driving the same kind of automobile. You know, their Cadillacs, their Chevys, you know, they're, they're all sorts of different perceived grades. I don't drive a Cadillac, you know, so, you know, the car I drive, I think is perfectly fine. And it's the same thing with, you know, I, I have no problem with eating conventionally raised poultry. You know, I still buy cage produced eggs. You know, I, the, the, the arguments for those products have resonated with a certain percentage of the population, but not necessarily with everybody. No, well, and of course you're in the poultry industry, so maybe not the, the best sample for that argument. But um, what's your feeling though? I mean, as um, these companies come forward, whether they be Whole Foods or maybe the next one's gonna be a restaurant chain or a fast food chain, and they say that, well, we're only gonna go to slow growth chicken. In the same way that they said, we're only gonna have antibiotic free chicken. Is this something that the industry can provide? Long term, I think, you know, if you're talking about individual outlets, you know, eventually the market will establish a price to, you know, for what it costs to raise and produce them and someone will produce it. But this is this is a, this argument's a lot different than the antibiotic one because the antibiotic one we're talking you know, pennies per pound difference. You know, if we go backwards, depending on how far back you want to go on genetics, you know, we can be talking dimes per pound. And and then, of course, if you took it to the, the extent like the NCC, uh, you know, study did where they said, what if you did it with all the broilers raised in the United States? You know, then you start, you do start getting into situations where, you know, are you gonna have enough grain? Are you gonna have enough land? You know, because it's not just that the birds grow slower, when they're processed, they less have, have less meat on them. So you have to raise more birds to produce the same amount of meat. It takes you longer to produce each one of those birds. So when you start multiplying it out, you start thinking in terms of, well, gosh, this bird's eating more feed. We need more poultry houses in more growers to produce the same amount of meat, those growers are going to have to be paid more per pound of live weight grown because there's less meat on that pound and it takes longer to produce that pound. And you start going and every single aspect of the production cycle gets more expensive, even from at the processing plant. 
it's going to cost you more. Why? Because there's less, you know, a lower percentage of meat on the bird. So, you know, I, I haven't seen anyone do an economic analysis all the way through, but, you know, when you start thinking about all those factors, I, I think it's a game changer in terms of what if the chicken does cost twice as much? You know, what impact does that have on, you know, the affordability for consumers? You know, because we always like to talk about, you know, the, you know, the wonderful millennials who live in a, in a condo in a big city, and this is all the little things they want, and they say they're willing to pay for it. But what about the consumer who doesn't have that money and who all they're trying to do is provide food for their family and they have choices to make when they, it's not just, am I going to buy steak or am I going to buy designer chicken? Their choices are, am I going to be able to put meat on the table at all versus am I paying my electric bill? Am I paying my rent? There's that group of consumers that sometimes gets ignored in these arguments, but anytime you have, particularly, you know, you could say that at the food service level, if, you know, fast food chain X says, we're only gonna serve slow growing broilers, well, that consumer could go to, you know, the other fast food chain that doesn't do that. But on the retail side, you know, similar to what we had with cage-free eggs, when you start having all the retailers say it, well, at some point, that consumer who maybe doesn't have the money to afford this choice, you know, no longer has the choice. And, and so, you know, to me, that's the real negative of these types of movements. Because when you look at what the positive has been over the years of, you know, the improvement in the genetic performance of our birds, and you look at how that's impacted the affordability of chicken, you know, let's face it, back 50, 60 years ago when people ate way more beef than they, do, they did chicken, part of that was because chickens were relatively more expensive to buy. And now, you know, chicken meat is, is relatively much less expensive than it used to be to buy. So, you know, it will have a tremendous impact, not just on the industry, but like I said, on the consumer's choices and what, what they can eat. Well, and the National Chicken Council, in their news release a few weeks ago, kind of sent up a flare, so to speak, and said, look, if we take we, have, we produce nine billion broilers in this country every year, and if a third of that production went to slow growth, we would have to produce an additional, I think, one and a half billion chickens to make up for that. So now we're talking about 10 and a half, 11 billion chickens produced in the country versus nine, but still the same amount of meat. It's obviously not as sustainable. It's not as efficient. As you mentioned before, we're talking about more grain, we're talking about more water, we're producing more manure. Is there a way to communicate this story to these folks who think that slow growth chicken is an improvement as opposed to a step backwards? One of the things to partially answer your question is, think about the survey results that you see where people are asked, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about, should, you know, animal welfare be improved or, you know, the conditions for raising birds be improved? You know, should the environmental impact of agriculture or raising birds be reduced? And, you know, people say yes to all these things. 
But what's never brought out is that some of these are actually in conflict, you know, where there are trade-offs. Where, you know, as a, for instance, if you decide that, oh no, we have to have slower growing birds, well, you have to be made aware of in that choice that that has a negative impact on overall, the overall environmental impact of the industry, you know, of raising chickens. Now, and that gets back to some of, you know, supposition on my part, perhaps, that that's what some of the activist groups really want, is they want to put the industry into, in a situation where, you know, it's kind of no win. You know, where, well, let's get people asking for three things that are really in conflict with each other so that there is no, you know, workable optimal solution. You know, and the net result is we just make it more expensive for the consumer so that the elite less, so that people will raise fewer birds. Now, you said that you view the slow chicken movement as something completely different from the no antibiotics movement, but I wonder about that because... Well, I, I, when I said different, what I really meant was uh, in terms of, I think the level of economic impact for the, the slow-growing birds can be a lot greater than uh, the antibiotic movement. Well, and that could be, especially if, let's say, a third of the birds were suddenly slow growth, as the NCC put in their model. But, um, you know, with antibiotic-free poultry, generally mortality is considerably higher. Uh, I've seen estimates of instead of 5%, maybe going to 10%. They're getting better on that. Uh, feed conversion is not as uh, right. good. So, you know, so they again, same situation where it takes more grain to produce a pound of chicken. It's less sustainable. It costs about 100, 150% more in a supermarket. Um, I mean, is that, I mean, to me, that, that is an economic problem. You talked about the have-nots and, and the, you know, we've got like 50, average income in this, uh, in this country is like $56,000 um, for a family of four. I mean, they're lucky if they can put chicken on the counter, on the table, let alone well, and half the have people the resources to have antibiotic free. Yeah, and half the people are below that. Yeah, that's, exactly. that, that's the real thing, yeah. So, yeah, it's, but I, I guess, and I don't have the numbers to back it up, but just on my mental arithmetic, my estimation was that the slow-growing broiler could cost way more than the you know, reduced antibiotic broiler yeah. with modern genetics. Yeah.